Bibles out, your sermon notes, and maybe you never take notes during a message, but I'm going to ask you to do it today. The reason is because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, and I believe that God is going to speak some things to your life, and, and there's a pen in front of you, there's a place to take uh, notes in the back of your bulletin, but I'm just going to encourage you to do that as we're in a sermon series called Red Letter Day. And for the past several months, we've been looking at the red letters in the Gospels, the words that Jesus spoke and what he said 2,000 years ago, but not just what he said to his disciples long ago, but what he's saying to his disciples today. You know that he is speaking to you today through his word. And so I want to look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, the day that, that the Holy Spirit came and, and filled those in the upper room. And I want to look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit so that we can have the Holy Spirit active in our life. One of the final things that Jesus says while he's here on the earth comes in Acts chapter 1. Beginning of verse 3, it says, During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them and about the kingdom of God, and once when they were eating he, with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This takes place in Acts chapter 2, in beginning of verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after his resurrection, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues or flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That's the beginning of the church. They went out and preached, and then people are added into uh, the church that day, 3,000, and the, the church begins to spread around the world on that day. Today, I'd like to look at some of the very first words Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. He spoke to his disciples back then, but he's speaking to us today in John chapter 7, and that will be our text for this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn it to John chapter 7. And we're going to look at what Jesus teaches us here. In John chapter 7, beginning at verse 37, it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And then John comments in here in verse 39, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Let me give you the context of this verse in chapter 7. It's the last day of the feast. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's the fall season, the, the harvest festival. And, and this is the most joyous of all the Jewish celebrations. And Jesus is there at that, and he's teaching and doing miracles as he normally did during the feasts in Jerusalem. And at this time, in this feast, every day of this feast, the priests would take a large gold pitcher. 
And he would march down to the pool of Siloam and he would dip that pitcher in and carry that pitcher back to the house of God, to the altar of the Lord. And as he walked with that pitcher, there was worshiping and shouting and praising and they were blowing shofars and thanking God for the water that had been given to them. The water that had watered their crops, the water that had filled their cisterns and, and they pour out the, the water before the Lord and, and, and just the celebration for seven days. And as farmers in an agrarian culture, they need a lot of water. So this is a very important sacrifice to the Lord. Saying, God, thank you so much for giving us this water. And we're going to need it again next year, God. Would you bless us again with more water? And so that happens. And in Jerusalem at this time, you imagine it's the fall season. The, the large cisterns where they would go and draw water from were probably getting dry because it's toward the end of the summer. And they're saying, thank you, God, so much for the water that you've given us, but we need more. We need more water. And that's the context with Jesus stands up and shouts when the water is being poured out on the altar of God. This idea of water and salvation is found throughout the Old Testament. You could look at Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. With joy, you shall drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. This linking between water and the Messiah, the water and salvation, is throughout Scripture. And Jesus' act is actually quite remarkable because this is the last day, the eighth day. And for seven days they have marched and shouted and prayed and poured the water. But on the last day, it's a day of silence. They sit and they reflect on what Jesus has said. I mean, not what Jesus said, but the priest has done. And they, and they're, and they're, they, they picture and they see the water and they're just saying, thank you, God. Do it again, Lord. Thank you, God. It's a quiet, holy moment. And it's at that moment that Jesus stands up and shouts, it's quiet right now. Imagine somebody standing up and shouting right now in our service. That's what Jesus says. He stands up and he shouts. And if you remember from an earlier talk in our, our Red Letter Day series, Jesus doesn't shout very often. He doesn't cry out very often. He doesn't talk loud very often. But this time, he does. He stands up and shouts, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Can you imagine the impact of that statement in that quiet, solemn assembly? That powerful picture that's been done for seven days of pouring out the water, saying, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. As the Scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. A picture of flowing water, but not just out of a pitcher, not just a trickle, but rivers of mighty water. He's saying there's a river of mighty water. You will never thirst again. Jesus has promised that blessing that will flow. He promised it to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Jesus said to her, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift that God has for you, and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. We need water so bad in our, our human bodies. In fact, I'm a little thirsty right now. And, and you know that 70% of your brain is water? 80% of your blood is water? 90% of your lungs is water? We need water to survive. But we need that spiritual water in our life. 
If we don't have that spiritual water, we wonder why are we always drying up? Why are we always, why are we always wondering and, 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 and just always disappointed and always in fear? Why do we always experience that? Because we don't have the living water. And it says it's going to flow from your heart. Your translation may say it's going to flow from your belly. But it, it is the word for belly. But belly in the Old Testament is actually a negative thought that something would come from your belly. But it's actually the word for womb. The inside of you, that this living water is coming from the life source out of you. It, that's where God is going to birth it out of you. This living water where you will never thirst again. God wants to do that in your life. John saw this as a foreshadowing when the Spirit would come. It says in Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour out my water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and, on my, and my blessing on your children. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit with living water all over you, all over your children, all over your children's children. I want to tell you today, listen to me, the Holy Spirit is for you right now. It is for your children. It is for your children's children. The power of the Holy Spirit is for you. It is available right now. So we should be flowing in the river of God. Having that living water flowing through us. We should be living in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about in church. That we would flow with the Holy Spirit while a service is going on. But that I would flow in the Holy Spirit throughout my life. That I would be led of the Spirit. I want to look at what Paul says about these rivers that should be flowing in our lives. These rivers that come from the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at a passage of Scripture that is actually some of the final words Paul ever says. In 2 Timothy, just before he dies, this is what Paul says to Timothy. In Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Listen to what Paul says here. I want you, Timothy, to fan into flame, to stir up that gift that's inside of you. I want you to be working and ministering in the Holy Spirit. And you are not going to minister in the Holy Spirit if your life is ruled by fear. And I want to just spend a quick minute on that before we talk about power, love, and a sound mind. I want to talk about fear. Fear does not come from God. Fear comes from the enemy of your soul, Satan himself. The devil will put fear into your life to destroy you. God never created you to experience fear. You were never intended to be scared. And yet, why are so many of us falling for the lie of the devil? Living lives so scared, so full of fear. So many people fear what they don't have, that they lack something that they need. And so they live in this fear that they don't have enough. Or they live in the fear that what other people think about them, and they're trapped by that, or they live in a fear of death, and there's so many fears in between that. We just live in fear, and fear robs us of life. You cannot flow in the Holy Spirit. You cannot have the abundant life when you live in fear. And I want to tell you something, that, that you will be afraid at times. I'm not saying that you'll never be afraid, you'll never be scared. I, I'm always dealing with fear in my life. But we deal with fear not to be captured by it, but that the Holy Spirit will give us the boldness, the courage, the faith, the power to break through our fear to the other side. 
We are not to be controlled by our fears. God says over and over and over again in his word, do not be afraid. Don't fear. Be strong and courageous. Over and over again, he tells us that because God hates fear. He says, I want to give you power, love, a sound mind. I want to give you so much more, so don't give in to fear. I want to tell you today, everyone here, do not give in to fear. You want to know why? You have too many promises of Jesus on your side. You don't have to give in to fear because you have too many promises on your side. And so what are the rivers we're supposed to be flowing in? Well, first of all, the river of power. It says, I don't want you to have a spirit of fear, but the, the Holy Spirit gives power. Power is always linked to the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus ministered in power through the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is a clinic on how the Holy Spirit used the apostles in the church. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's power is for you today, right now. This is not something that was in the past, it's for right now. It's the dunamis power of God. That's the word in Greek, dunamis, for power. We get our word dynamite from. We have the power of God living inside of us. Jesus had that power. Let me show you a verse in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 19. I love this. It says, everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. Jesus had such power operating in his life. We always think of the, the woman with the issue of blood touching the hem of his garment. There are times the crowds pressed in just to put their hands on him. Because the power was so much on Jesus that everyone was being touched. That power is a miracle power. It's a resurrection power. It's a life-transforming power. And it's the same power in Jesus that's in us. Have you ever thought about that? It's the same power. And so what does Paul say? Stir this up. Fan into flame the gift of God inside of you, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the charisma gift. We did a bonfire earlier this, um, this week at, at our house, and so we're trying to get it going. And it was one of those very humid days. You know, the air is thick, and it's not moving, and it's really humid out. And just having a hard time getting it started. But then you, you know what you do? You get that big piece of cardboard, and you start, you start fanning that flame, and all of a sudden, whoosh, there it goes. That's what, that's what Paul says. You've got to fan this into flame. You've got to get this going. You've got to get this power working in your life. The next river we need to be flowing in is the river of love. The river of agape love, the love of God, that powerful, unconditioning love, that defining mark of his children, of his followers, that type of love. What would our relationships look like if we were flowing in God's love? When I talk about flowing in God's love, I'm not just talking about giving God's love, I'm talking about receiving God's love as well. That we are open to, to allowing God to love us right where we're at, whatever we're going through, and allowing God to love us, and as he loves us, we begin to love others. It says in John chapter 13, verse 34, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Flow in that river, receiving God's love, giving God's love. Be open to God's love. Be obedient in sharing his love. Let the love through you bless other people. And how do you get God's love? You draw near to him. Just draw near to him. When you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He just loves you because he loves you. And when you walk in that love, that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's something powerful about that. The other river we're to call to love in is that, that, 
that river of self-discipline or sound mind. And in the Greek, it's actually the exact opposite word for being insane. It's the right thinking. It's the right acting. And you know what a better word would be? Is wisdom. The word is wisdom. That we would walk in, in the river of wisdom, the flow of wisdom in our life. That we wouldn't live a foolish life, but we would live that wise life. We wouldn't be seeing how far can we get away with things, how far can we go, but we would walk in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Jesus walked in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit because the religious leaders were always trying to throw him off, saying, Jesus is either this or that. Answer the question, Jesus, which one is it? And you know what Jesus would do? He would answer it an entirely different way and blow them away because he walked in wisdom. See, that's it. We need to walk in the wisdom of God. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you are full of wisdom. We need to live in that wisdom, flow in that wisdom throughout our life. It says to stir this up, fan it into flame. This power, this love, this wisdom in our life, we need to do that. He says, remember what happened when I laid my hands on you, Timothy. And what happened when Paul laid his hands on people? It says in Acts chapter 19, verse 16, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. I think this is important because when, when Paul says, I want you to fan into flame, I want you to stir up those gifts, you know, we, we think, okay, how are we going to do that exactly? Because the gifts come from God, don't they? You know, we can't say, okay, I need to stir this up, so I'm going to go heal somebody. I'm going to go see this miracle. You, that's not how you stir it up. The only gift of the Holy Spirit that you can begin on your own is the gift of tongues. That you begin just speaking forth, and it may sound like gibberish, but then there's a flow that begins to happen in the Holy Spirit. And, and so he's saying, I want you to, that, that gift to get that going. And a lot of times what God wants us to do is begin that move of God with our mouth. And, and it's with tongues. It's also with proclaiming the word of the Lord. Proclaim, that idea of prophecy, proclaiming the word of the Lord, proclaiming the promises of God. It also talks about it in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit, singing in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourself, and making music uh, to the Lord in your hearts. It's another way to fan it in a flame. Again, using your mouth, singing praises to God. See, that's how you stir it up. That's how you fan it in a flame. I'm going to start worshiping the Lord. I'm going to start proclaiming his word. I'm going to start praying in tongues. And when you start doing these things, you're stirring up the gift that God placed inside of you. And then you begin living in the flow. You're living in the flow, again, not just in church, but in, home, in your home, at your school, where you work, because you're walking in the flow of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to indwell us so that the river will be flowing in and through us. I'll never forget when I was 12 years old and someone explained to me uh, the idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. And a lot of times I thought growing up that, well, that's just something that God gives you. And then you just start, all of a sudden you start talking. You don't even know what you're saying and you don't even know what you're doing, but it's just happening. But when it was explained to me, you know, no, you begin speaking and then there's a flow that happens. And, and it was interesting because they, they laid their hands on me, prayed, and I just began to just speak what I thought was gibberish. And then it just started flowing. And just started going and going and going. And, and I want to tell you that that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that flow and it's so important. And I'll never forget that moment at 12 years old. But it, it's not a moment for one time. 
It's something that needs to keep going in our life. We need to continually be speaking in tongues, proclaiming the word of the Lord, worshiping him, continually doing these things to stir up that gift. It says in Zechariah 4, 6, this is the word of the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I think the biggest problem we have as believers is we try to strive in our own life to accomplish everything we need. We, we, we try to do it in our own strength. And I want to tell you, it's not going to be in your own strength or power. It's going to be when we rely on God. It's when we walk in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And what has happened too often in charismatic churches, there's become a formula for the flow. That I'm going to do this form, I'm going to do these five things. When I do these five things, that's when it's going to happen. And you know what? It's not a formula. It is a flow. You have to flow with what God is doing at each moment. Flow in power, flow in love, flow in wisdom. And being listening and being obedient to whatever God says right there in the moment. I want to talk to you about connecting with the Holy Spirit. Let's get practical now. This is where you can write some things down. How do you connect with the Holy Spirit? <coughs> Excuse me. Now, these are not a list of 10 things that you do, and if you do these, then the Holy Spirit will show up in your life. These are just things from God's Word that He says, this is what I want you to do. If you want to live in the flow of God, if you want to connect with me, just do these things. So again, it's not a formula, it's a flow, but these are things from God's Word. So the first thing I, we can do is invite. We can invite. You're basically inviting the Holy Spirit to come. You're just praying, Holy Spirit, come. Just that simple. Just Holy Spirit, come. You're inviting the Holy Spirit. And you know what's important about that is that when Jesus started here in verse 37 of our text today, he said anyone. He starts with the word anyone. I want to tell you, flowing in the Holy Spirit is not for the spiritually elite. It is not for the chosen few. It's for you. It's for anyone. Anyone. So invite the Holy Spirit. Number two, make room. You know what he said right after? Right after anyone. He says, anyone who is thirsty. You know, a lot of times in life, we're not thirsty. We're not hungry. We are way too satisfied. Our lives are too full, too busy, too cluttered. And sometimes we need to make room. You know, that's what I love about you guys carving out this time, being here today in church, is you have, you have uncluttered your life for an hour and a half to say, you know what? I'm going to stir up the gift. I'm going to worship the Lord. We're going to pray. I'm going to hear the word of the Lord preached. I'm going to make room for God in my life. I want to tell you, making room for the Holy Spirit, and he'll show up. So invite him, make room. Number three, uh, wait. Wait. The, the King James says, tarry. I want you to wait. And, and we don't like to wait, do we? We like to be in a hurry. We want to, like to take care of it ourselves. And, and he says, I want you to wait on me. We need to wait on the Holy Spirit. He needs to be in charge, not us. So we wait on the Holy Spirit. Number four, we need to believe. Believe. Believe in the promise of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit coming. Just believe that that promise is for you. That's not for a chosen few, it's for you. Just believe that Jesus' promise is for you. The next one is don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about this just for a moment. And to be quite honest with you, a 20-30 minute message on, on the Holy Spirit doesn't do the trick. And so earlier this year on our Wednesday night prayer meetings, we, we did a study on the Holy Spirit by John Bevere. It was actually six weeks long. 
And we have all six weeks available on our website for free. You just go to the sermons and you scroll down to earlier this year and you can listen to all six of those. And, and again, that'll be hours of teaching rather than just a few minutes here today about the Holy Spirit. But one thing that, that John Bevere touched on in this series, and he does a great, great teachings on the Holy Spirit, but the one thing I really liked about his teaching this time was about how not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's so easy to do. We just need to be sensitive to the Spirit. We need to be careful to what we're watching, what we're listening to, uh, that we're actually listening and obeying the Holy Spirit. We don't want to grieve him. We don't want to push him away. And so don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit active in your life, you want to live in the flow, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, next one, be open. Be open. Be open to what God promises to you, what Jesus promised to you. Be wide open to it. I think so often when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, so many Christians pick and choose which gifts they like. Well, I like prophecy, but I don't like tongues. I like healing, but I don't like... You don't get to pick and choose. Okay? Be open to everything God has. And God has everything for you. Be wide open to all the promises. Don't pick and choose. Go with God. He is an abundant giver of gifts. Do you know that when Jesus ministered, he did things above and beyond? When he, when he provided food, there are baskets left over. He didn't just give healings, he gave salvations. I mean, Jesus always did things in abundance. So be open to whatever God has for you. The next one is listen and obey. Listen and obey. This is probably the most important key in flowing in the Holy Spirit. You want to you see the Spirit move in your life? You want to walk in that flow? You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Then you listen to his voice and you do what he tells you to do. When you listen and obey, you will be living in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Listening and obeying. Hearing his word. Obeying his word. We are called to do these things. What will be the result of this? What's the result of living in the flow of the Holy Spirit? It's very simple. Galatians 5, and 23 is the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That wisdom in your life. Those are things that are going to begin to, to not just have an outward work. They're going to have an inward work. They're the fruit of the things that are happening of living in the flow. What we need to do is we need to stir up this gift. Fan it into flame. Do not fight against the gift of God. And if you want to live in that flow, if you want power in your life, the only way you're ever going to get power is to, to plug into the source. If you need power to run a light or some device, you have to plug it into a socket. You've got to get to the source of that power. And the only way you can do that is to plug in. And I gave you some ways to do that today. But we've got to do, we've got to plug it in, we've got to stir up that gift and fan it into flame. I had a pastor friend who last week, he's actually a, a graduate of our school many years ago. He took his daughter, who's in college, uh, on a, um, a rafting trip. It was actually a canoe that they had, and they were going down a river in Wisconsin, and they hit some very rough waters. To say they were in the flow would be an understatement. It got so bad, it, it tipped the boat over. 
they lost their camera, they lost all their gear, the boat, and, and uh, his, his daughter quickly went down and, and made her way to the and, and here he is, he's trying to save the boat, he's trying to save his camera, he's trying to save the backpack, and the, he's trying to save everything, and what he realized is he's trying to hold on to everything, that he was actually going to die that he was getting sucked down underneath, that he was hitting rocks that were in the river. He was fighting against the flow. And he said, when I let go of everything and I went with the flow, it saved my life. That was his post on Facebook. When I let go of everything and I went with the flow, it saved my life. I think so often in life we are holding on to way too much. We're trying so hard. And let me tell you, it will kill you. You were called to live in the flow. You were called to live with a river flowing through you. You're called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just on one day a week, but seven days a week, all the time, 24-7, living in that flow. Let go of everything else you're trying to hold on to and go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today as we go into a time of worship? And we're just going to go with the flow. We're going to stir up that gift. One of the things we're called to do to stir up that gift is to worship the Lord. I don't know about you, but it is with your head bowed and your eyes closed, sometimes when we sing those songs, you are the air I breathe. That I'm desperate for you, that I'm lost without you. Sometimes I feel like I'm singing a lie because I, I feel like I've got it all together. That I'm doing okay right now. But the reality is, is that without Christ, I'm dead. Without the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life, I am dry. And today, I just want to give you this opportunity in a quiet moment of prayer before we worship the Lord together. I don't want you to sing a lie. In order to have the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to first come to Jesus. You have to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus came and he died on a cross for your sins. He wiped them all away. His grace, his love is so big for you. You have to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And then when you follow him, embrace his promises, the ultimate promise, the ultimate promise of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to, to stir it up, to fan it into flame. Some of you today need to be delivered from fear. The fear in your life is overwhelming. It's been that way far too long. It's time to live in the flow, not the fear. Some of you have been fighting. Fighting against God, trying to hold on to everything else. It's time to stop fighting and live in the flow. Some of you have been trying so hard following all the formulas. It's time to stop doing the formulas and go with the flow. Holy Spirit, this morning we make room for you. We invite you. Lord, in just a moment as we sing, as we declare your word, as we pray in tongues, Lord, we're just going to be stirring up the gift in the next few minutes here. We're going to be stirring up that gift in our life. Because Holy Spirit, we want to live in your flow. We want to live in your flow.